Hello everybody, it's Brother Kapow. Welcome to 2021. Today's date is January 5th, 2021. It sounds weird, it doesn't roll off the tongue easy, does it? Anyway, I hope you guys had a good holiday season. As best as you can with everything that's going on. Kept the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, my mother passed away on the 28th, two days after Christmas. And around uh, uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, about 2.30 in the afternoon, I got a call from uh, one of my sisters that she had passed. And that she had a uh, grin on her face, smile on her face. Uh, now, the day before was Sunday, and Miss Kapow and I were able to call uh, to California and talk to my sisters uh, on the phone and pray over them, and, and we prayed together. And then uh, I was able to talk to my mom. We were able to talk to my mom one last time on a Sunday morning, and uh, they told me she reacted to it. She, you know, had a reaction to it, and... Uh, to the voice and the prayers and stuff. And then um, she went into a coma and died the next day. So uh, my sister said that she had a, a nice smile on her face, peaceful, and even the hospice nurse said there was a grin there. So I praise the Lord that she is with our Lord Jesus Christ in the heavenlies. And we uh, were awaiting the resurrection now, right? We're waiting so that uh, our bodies, uh, you know, we have our immortal bodies and immortality. And so we're awaiting that um, according to our beliefs and that she is in the presence of the Lord Jesus right now. And um, all the pain and all the stuff down here, all the trial and tribulation that we have down here on earth is is over. But for us that are alive and remain, we, we still got... Uh, we got to live through this and deal with this. And some of you may go, I don't know, don't even know what, what my purpose is. And I'm one of those people. I, I really even know what, what I'm supposed to do <laughs> or do anything. I do know I'm supposed to seek the character of God and uh, worship uh, my Lord and uh, do what he would have me do when he would have me do it. I do understand these things. And as I, I get older and older and I think, think about stuff and I get into the word of God and try to really separate what the Bible says as opposed to what I've been taught or what other people say or teach. And sometimes that's not so easy because you, you, can, you can read the word of God with a framework already in your head with an overlay. So it's really tough. Uh, but uh, one of the things I've, I've been trying to do is really separate the Christian religion, and there is a Christian religion, like all other religions, there's a Christian religion, and there's kooky Christian religions too. You have the new apostolic reformation people, the NAR people, and they're totally nuts. They've, they've taken what should be gifts of the Holy Spirit or <clears throat> things of that nature, charis, charismania, and they've taken it to an extreme of demonic possession. They're absolutely insane. Uh, you even have uh, deceitful men and women in other lines of uh, Christian religion. I mean, um, I pretty much follow Reformed theology because I believe Reformed theology is the closest to biblical theology. And so personally, I, I, I follow that. I also follow that in my eschatology 
though sometimes it's it's hard to hear that I do, but I, I do. I, I put a big emphasis on AD 70 because AD 70 is a big emphasis. That's when God um, separated the old covenant and literally brought in the new when he used the Romans to destroy the temple system and all the the Jewish sacrificial and Levitical priesthood system. And, um, and those who accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Messiah, those Jews... Um, and Gentiles, but those Jews who accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Messiah and saw what the prophets had predicted and prophesied in the scriptures were saved. They listened to the words of Jesus when Jesus says, when you see the army surrounding Jerusalem, get out, grab your stuff, get out. The book of Revelation, for the most part, is talking about the events of AD 70. In the book of Revelation the, the letters to the churches that Christ dictated through his angel to John. It's the unveiling. The apocalypse is the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's given a warning to those churches, but it's also great hope that when these things happened, that Christ was there with them and what was going on, and they were going to suffer this great tribulation. Anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But... As you know, that in my eschatology, in my belief, you know, reformed, but even the reformed preachers out there, big ministries and stuff like that, can't be trusted anymore. They're, a lot of them are sideways. They, they talk one thing and then they do another. And what I've noticed that if it's a big ministry, and I mean you know, big, I mean, it's like... Um, internationally known, well-known, a lot of money coming in. Um, you've, you've got to really be careful because of the business model. And it's hard to uh, separate the business model from their religion. And the religion gets mixed up in it, and it, it could get really weird. And what I've noticed now with COVID, COVID is like this big game changer in churches and in Christian religions and organized ministries it's a big game changer because they're not getting the funds they're not getting the money that they used to get they're not getting the nickels and the, and the noses in the church so it's just big push for money big push for money and some of it some of it is absolutely demonically inspired crazy crazy stuff the nar people i mean just crazy stuff but other other of them are just a little more subtle and it's always about partnering with me partner with us because we're getting the gospel out and we're doing this and we're doing that partner partner um we thank you for your support of this ministry so support never means prayer or you know listening to us or support always means financial um i'm just saying be careful i i, I i'm just seeing a lot of it a lot of it now i've been out of the system for a lot of years now and, and the further away you are from the system the more you can see these things if you're under the umbrella and under the system, it's harder to see. And it's harder to separate Christian religion from true worship of Christ. The only religion that you should have should be outflowing from the Spirit of God within you. We do rituals. We do things. We do Christian things. You could say, well, you read your Bible. That's, that's a religion. I don't read it for a religious ritual. I, I read it for understanding for wisdom for food for spiritual food 
It's not something I do as a ritual. It's something I need, I have to do. I don't eat regular food as a ritual. I, I eat because I need to survive. Um, same thing with prayer or things like that. I'm not saying religion and ritual is bad. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying just be careful and know how to separate this. Now, one of the things that came to me recently is um, the word disillusionment. Um, it's like the society we live in, this world that we're in, that's, that's collapsing, by the way. You do know that, right? It's it's falling apart all around you. What that ultimately means, I don't know. But it is falling apart. And that which can be shaken is shaken bad. That which is going to stand is, is only the things of God. So the religion is going to crumble. The organizations are going to crumble. The business models are going to crumble. It's going to get worse, folks. Uh, if if you have uh, Christian people in your life that are that are speaking positive things into you right now, like 2021 is going to be better. God's doing a new thing. He's going to restore what the canker worm has eaten. He's going to, you know, they're taking all these scriptures out of context and try to apply them to 2021. Um, do this. Call them over. Again, they get real close. <clears throat> Slap them in the face because they're a false prophet and they, and they need to wake up. It is not getting better. It's going to continue to collapse. This is judgment, folks. It's judgment. I talked about 8070 a little earlier. And, uh, and let me tell you something. You know, when you, when you read the book of Revelation, in light of its historical perspective, in light of the audience that it was intended to, for to read in the first century, things make sense when you read it in light of what the Old Testament, the entire Bible says about this typology and things. What we do know is that it is a historical fact that the fall of Jerusalem happened in 87. We do know that the Romans destroyed the temple, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the land of Judah, Judea, killed millions, millions of Hebrews, took thousands captive. And those Jews in those days that did not reject their God, Yahweh, and serve the pagan Roman government. They, it, it was idolatry. It was Caesar worship. We have no God but Caesar. We have no king but Caesar. They said as a crucifying Christ, who was God made flesh, their very own God, they killed. Those Jews, those religious Jews, perished. They died of horrible, violent deaths, plagues, death, cannibalism, horrible stuff. This is history. We're taken captive. Horrible stuff. But worse yet, on the second death, 
the eternal damnation on judgment day, they'll be forever tormented in a lake of fire because of the rejection of their God. Now, those Jews, what we call the early Jewish church, because the gospel came to the Jews first, those Jews who recognized the visitation of God were saved. They were taken out, not of the tribulation. There was tribulation. There was trials. There was, the book of Revelation says, some of you would be thrown into prison for 10 days. Some, some, some be stay faithful even unto death. So, uh, the, the, the neuronic persecution from Nero, where literally we're taking Christians and tying them up and, and, and using their bodies as, as torches to light his garden, or sewing up in animal skins and letting the dogs uh, rip them, and, or he himself would dress. Uh, in animal skins as a wild animal and attacked the genitalia of both men and women. He was a madman, Nero, the madman. Um, clearly a beast. Now, those Christians went through a, a, an incredible great tribulation like it's never been before and it never will be again. They went through tribulation, many of them. Not all of them, many of them did. But not a single... Messiah-believing Jew or Gentile was appointed to God's wrath. In AD 70, was about the visitation of God, Jesus returning in wrath upon those who rejected him. This is, this is historical fact. It's biblical fact. Um, when you understand that, you, you don't get all crazy with Third Temple stuff and Antichrist things and Marks of the Beast and COVID vast. You don't get all nutty about that because you understand it in its historical, biblical application. However, can we learn something from this historical event? We can't. Because Paul writes, you know, what happened to the Jews and their history was, was for our benefit, for us to, to learn from it and be an example but he also warns us, don't get cocky. Don't, as a Gentile, don't be like, oh, we're, we're saved by Christ and we're good to go and nothing's gonna happen, you know. Don't, uh, he said, the same thing could happen to you. The same thing could happen to you because you can reject the truth. You can love the lie over the truth. You say, well, I'm saved, once saved, I'm always saved. You're not saved if you reject the truth, my friend. You're practicing religion. You have everybody fooled around you that you're saved. You, you go to church and do your religion. You, you're the worship leader. Whatever you do, I don't know. I don't care. If you don't love truth, God's truth, which is the only truth, you're not even saved. So, yeah, you're going to lose it. Of course you're going to lose it. You're not saved. Those who are saved, those who are called according to his purpose— those who, who are elected to be to come out of the world and be his chosen ones, those people he keeps to the day of redemption. You don't fall away. You love the truth. And when you're in a place or around people that don't love the truth, you get out. Eventually you get out. The Holy Spirit convicts you enough to get out. So disillusionment 
This world's in this, this state of shaking. Well, this world's an illusion. The, the God of this air, the principality that murdered humankind in the beginning in the garden, when he says, oh, you, you surely not die. You won't die. Who was, who was in charge of death until Christ defeated that? That God, that Satan who hates you as a human has created an illusion. This world is, is false. It's, it's not true. It's an illusion. So to be disillusioned a lot of times it has a bad connotation, and, and oftentimes it is bad to be disillusioned with something. But sometimes it can be good. And I want you to be disillusioned with the system. In other words, dis means to be removed. Dis-ease means that your ease, you're removed from ease. You have dis-ease. Disenchantment. You were enchanted, but now you're removed from that enchantment. You're disenchanted, disenfranchised. You were franchised. You were part of something, and now you're not. So disillusionment is to be removed from the illusion. So I'm talking in this context that that's not necessarily a bad thing, to be removed from the illusion of this world. And I'm not just talking the sinful things of this world and you know, don't do this, don't do that. I'm talking about the whole dang system, the political system, the COVID system, the judicial system, the educational system, all these lies that are constantly coming to you, all these things that are constantly vying for your attention to be removed from that illusion. The illusion's still there, folks, but be removed from it and go to truth. The truth of the kingdom of God. It's the only thing that matters because when it's all over, and it will be over someday, history will win, end and time will end. And when that does happen, it is a great judgment. The only thing that matters is eternity. We're spiritual creatures created in the image of God. What do we do while we're in this illusion? We reflect the character of God. You do that when you're saved because you get the spirit in you. So, does that make sense? So, let me talk about the illusion. In AD 70, there was an illusion with the Jewish people, Israel, for thousands of years, had been under the law and realized they could not obey the law. It brought sin right up to their face. And God had provided ways for their forgiveness, for their atonement, once a year through blood, through a substitutionary sacrifice. But this mystery, Paul talks about a mystery it's not a new mystery that was revealed to Paul. He, the Apostle Paul didn't get new downloads. He's not some weird NAR guy like today. Dreams and downloads. New revelation. It was a mystery that was already there. 
in the Old Testament, in the writings of the prophets and in the Psalms and in the Torah, what was revealed to him was his eyes were open to see it. Not only him, but many others. And that's the gospel he was preaching. He was always preaching the, the gospel of the kingdom. And when it was revealed to him, he saw the plan of salvation. He saw God's scarlet thread, or you know, the, so to speak, the, that from the very beginning, you know, where he tells the the the, uh, the serpent, where he tells our enemy, I'll put enmity between your seed and his. He's gonna, you're gonna bite his heel. He's gonna do a little defeat. He's gonna crush your head. And it's it's been throughout. Jewish history. So when the time came for Christ's visitation and John the Baptist says, the kingdom of, of God is here. When Christ comes and preaches the kingdom, it's here. My kingdom is not physical, it's spiritual. Uh, unless you become born again, a new creature, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. you, you can't enter into the presence of God. It has to be through me. I am going to be that last substitutionary blood sacrifice. I am it. What I do on the cross is going to be the coup de grace, it's the final. There were Jews there that saw it. He had 12 disciples. God had 12 disciples that he discipled that walked with him. They didn't understand everything then. Of course not. We don't understand everything now. I mean, hi. I mean, this is heavy stuff. And he, and he commissioned them and he empowered them and he taught them to go out, preach the gospel. And, and, and the church was formed, not the business model church you see today, not the religious Christian church. The called out ones from the illusion were created. You, I hope, are part of the called out ones from the illusion. Be disillusioned. Be disillusioned from the religious system. They were. God's calling you out. The church, it's called Ecclesia. Ek. It has, we've taken on a new meaning today. We think a church is a building or some stupid man running the place, saying stupid things out of his stupid head because it's a religion and that's how they make money. It's not a religion. It's a plan of God. It was a mystery from the very beginning. So they see this. And they, they preach the kingdom of the gospel. They go through tribulations. They go through trials. They're thrown in prison. Some of them are just whipped to the bone. Everything. But you can't stop these people because it's not about here. They're disillusioned. It's about there. It's about God's kingdom. Paul comes. It's revealed to Paul. He sees all of this, and then he takes it to the Gentiles because God calls him, a Jew, to go to the Gentiles and explain it to the Gentiles. So in AD 70, when God came back in wrath to avenge the prophets, the blood of the prophets that they shed, to avenge, to divorce Israel, God gave Israel a divorce certificate and says, it's over. The old covenant is over. I've created a new people. And the new people consist of both Jew and Gentile. And those boundaries are broke. And now you're becoming one in Christ. What's the criteria? 
You have to recognize Messiah. You have to believe that Messiah came and was a substitutionary sacrifice by his blood, his literal blood. It's substitute for your death. And then when he rose again, now you believe that not only did he die, but he lives, that God rose him again. And because he did, now we will. That's our hope. And hope is not, I hope so. That's not that hope. The hope is a confident expectation. That's the way it's going to be. That's what we rely on hope, and we got to have hope. We're in an illusion. We disillusioned by hope. So those people in, in AD 70, the Christians, there was not a true biblical Christ follower left in the city of Jerusalem when Titus and his armies broke through. The Jewish war had, had, had raged on for three years prior. There was starvation. There was robberies, murders, killings, cannibalism inside the siege. There wasn't one biblical, I call it biblical, but one Jew or Gentile, but there wasn't one Christ follower in Jerusalem at that time. Why? Where'd they go? Well, the Lord himself said, when you see these things begin to happen, the abomination that causes desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel. Luke, says, when you see the army surrounding, when you start seeing these things, what did Jesus say? Build a church, put up a cross, have a religious service, get a good worship band, rock it out. No. He said, get out. Don't even look back. Don't go down, don't grab your garment, don't grab food, don't grab some. Get out. Go, because you're not appointed to wrath, you see. You're not appointed to wrath. So the church was gone. The true called out ones were gone. The people that were left, the Jews that were left, were those who had rejected Yahweh, his truth. The mystery of the gospel of the kingdom that had been presented for thousands of years. They didn't see it. They didn't want to see it. And they crucified God-made flesh, their Messiah, by saying, We have no king but Caesar. It's idolatry. They were depending on the state, on the Roman government, on Rome. And Paul warns us, these stories happen back to Israel for your benefit. But don't get too cocky. You could get separated from the branch too. It happened in AD 70 to them. Can it happen to us today? Can we be following false preachers, false teachers, false ministries? Just everybody. That's, they think they're doing the right thing because they're in a Christian religion. They're doing all the religious stuff, Christian-wise. So they have a church that they go, okay, well, let's do Sunday school or Bible study using this guy's book or this crazy gal's book. They're not teaching the word anymore. They're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and they're definitely not meeting people's needs. This whole COVID thing, you know what's been absent? The church, the religious church. The organized visible church, is it's absent. 
It's absent. When you, when you watch watch YouTube on why people are leaving California or why, um, you know, these things are going to go down and the things that they're worried about, the things that are closing, the things that that are being taken away from, from humans that they need. They'll talk about school system, education. They'll talk about economics and their business staying open. You know, they talk about, you know, their medical uh, ability to get, to get, you know, medical help and stuff. Not a single person says, oh, the big, you know, what's really concerning us is that we won't be able to go to church anymore. They're not saying that because church is non-essential. In real life, when it comes down, going to a building and doing it's non-essential. You say, oh, oh brother, Kapow, what about fellowship and everything? You know what? You can have fellowship without going to a building. I do it every day. <laughs> I don't go to a building. But what people need, they're not getting from organized religion. That's my point. Whether it's Catholic, Muslim, you know, Judaism or, or Christianity. They're not getting it. They're, they're not getting it. Ms. Capel just talked to a very good Catholic. There's a, we have a name, a very good Catholic. I mean, worker bee Catholic, building stuff for the church. Blah, blah. He refuses to go now. Because here in Nevada, you have to make an appointment. You have to call the diocese, Vegas, or I don't know what you got to do. You got to make an appointment before you can go and and he, uh, he refuses to practice a religion that he has to make an appointment to. Uh, you know, do that. He's just not going to do it. So it's failed him. It's failed him. But he did tell her, he says, I pray every day. And I still, uh, you know, talk to the Lord. So, and hopefully that's going to that's drive people to do that. Drive people to start opening up the Word of God, praying directly to God, and establishing that relationship as the illusion falls. So my point is, in AD 70, those Jews, those Jewish leaders, those religious leaders, they were all they were all religious. There's not a Jew who's not religious in AD 70. That's their that's their culture. That's their nation. Their whole existence is surrounded by the temple of God, the priestly system, the sacrificial system. That's the only reason they exist. And it's gone now. It's being destroyed. Where do you go? Where do you fall back on? Because you rejected the real truth of Yahweh, the kingdom of God, and those who understood Messiah and what he was about to do survived it. The old covenant disappeared, friends. It was rolled up like a scroll up in heaven gone the old covenant gone there was a new covenant made in the blood of the sacrificial lamb of god one offering and you, you all you need to do is believe you need called to, to believe but you're called out to believe that and you believe that that truth oh man that's a whole different world but is it easy is it, are we off the hook? Or can we end up like 8070? Can our religious institutions end up like 8070, totally decimated? You know, I, I, I'm wondering with the new presidential election, I'm wondering at some point, 
if if uh, Biden and you know Kamala Harris or whatever her name is, at some point, you know these these liberals that are there are going to look at the tax exempt status of some of these huge ministries, and they really should. It's ridiculous. I mean, you look at the millions and millions, if not billions, of dollars some of these people are making. And they're all aligned together and endorsing each other. And you write this book at this time, blah, blah, blah. And they don't need to pay taxes. <laughs> I was looking at a thing on uh, Kenneth uh, Copeland's uh, airports and all the, the planes the church owns. They, they own dozens of airplanes and jets so he can, you know, fly around his ministry. The church owns it tax exempt. That's not that's not good. That's not good for the rest of us who are uh, paying taxes out of our retirement incomes or work checks. We don't get those exemptions. So I mean, I'm just talking here. I just wonder, you know, you watching it crumble. You're watching the illusion crumble. It, 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 will an eighty seventy happen here to the religious institutions? I'm kind of thinking it is. I, you know, I, I don't speak here as a prophet, but what I'm looking at, what I see, I'm kind of thinking it is. I'm kind of thinking there's an 80-70 happening here. And those who have truth, those who trusted Messiah as their Savior, are going to see a new thing, a new shaking. Not a new covenant. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you're not appointed to wrath, folks. You're going to go through some tribulation? Of course you are. You need to. We all need to. It builds character. I don't like it. I don't like it either. But at least I can look back and go, man, if I didn't go through this, if I didn't get this scar on my head back in July, I learned a lot. I learned a lot when I broke my face and lost my tooth. <laughs> I learned a lot about pain and about God not taking away the pain. And I also learned, one of the biggest lessons I learned, and I hopefully I, I, I can hold on to this, is you cannot manipulate God. I don't care how much you fast. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care what kind of prayers you do. I don't care what kind of scriptures you memorize and use against him. Did you force his hand because God can't lie? Guess what? He's sovereign. He can do whatever a sovereign does. And it was a, there was a point where I realized I don't serve God because I love him. I don't even know what that kind of love is. I serve God because of the benefit. Let's be honest. There's a benefit. It's called eternal life. And when I was given a choice to like get rid of the pain and, and let go of the benefit to get rid of the pain, I had to say, no way. I am not going to let go now. You're going to kill me first, but I am not going to let go of eternal life. I've come this far. Uh-uh. He ain't going to get rid of me. It was a lot of pain. I've never been in so much pain in my life, man. Um, weird, weird times. But anyway, testings, trials, tribulations. We've got to learn from those things, man. They're going to happen. That's what they're there for. They build character. They build endurance. Uh, they take us out of the illusion you see God for what He is, man. Look at um, look at God uh, at the character that He reveals Himself to you through the Scriptures. Really, I I would strongly suggest if you have nothing else going on right now in your Bible studies, look at the attributes of God. Look at systematic theology and um, 
some of the some of the best teachings from like Ligonier Ministries. Look at Dr. Stephen Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N. Dr. Stephen Lawson. Um, man, his his attributes of God, his systematic theology on the attributes of God. It, it's it'll change how you live, man. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna understand God or get your stupid head around it, but you're closer than you were. You're not you're not so ignorant and you know you feel like you can manipulate him by doing things. Anyway, I'm starting to ramble, ain't I? Okay, 42 minutes uh, into this um, disillusionment. Dish yourself, <laughs> become distance from the illusion, not only of the world but of the Christian religious system. Stick with truth, biblical truth. Uh, sometimes that's not even e that's not so easy because you can read the word of God and put your own filter on it. But try to be teachable as much as you can. Um, even if you don't like to look at the other viewpoint, maybe don't just automatically reject it. Just kind of listen to it. Let the Holy Spirit show you why that ain't gonna work or that's gonna work within the scripture. Just grow grow that way but stick to the truth because things are shaking up they are not getting better they're not going to get better here so you really your hope and your foundation has to be shored up and you got really you don't have a whole lot of time to do it so do it <laughs> you can man because it's it's gonna get crazy man it really is all right so uh that's it and uh I do wish you uh, uh, the best and, uh, you know, just stick with truth, man. That's all I can say. And be disillusioned with the illusion. All right. Well, God bless and uh, talk to you later. What?
Take off the glove Take my hand as we fall